That was a wild hour and a half of worship. Yeah? God just took us past our experience. He took us past our uh, threshold of experience. I like that. Did you notice that nobody really knew what to do? Including all of them. <laughs> That's good. You spell faith R-I-S-K. Jesus likes to say, come, Peter, and stand on surfaces you have no business being on. Come to places you haven't been. That's part of the, the adventure of following Jesus. And if we won't go to places we haven't been in the house of God, surrounded by hundreds of believers who love the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, we're not going to go places we haven't been out there. So we are, we're learning. We're learning how to be a priesthood. Amen. Uh, you have notes. I'm, I'm stewarding the word of the Lord. Obedience is better than sacrifice. He said, make notes. I'm making you notes. I don't know what you're doing with them, but I am making them. The spirit of praise. Uh, it's fun when we do what we're going to talk about. So we did it. Now let's talk about it. And then we might do it again. And maybe not tonight, but if not tonight, then we'll do it again soon, I'm sure. We're worshipers. I'm going to do my best not to rush and talk fast, even though it's late. Amen? There's like two voices in me. There's the one that's like, rest. It's an easy yoke. And then there's the other voice in me that's like, it's 541. <laughs> I, I say that just to say, it's like, I understand, and I know that there's practical challenges, and I know that God's bigger than that, but I'm going to just be present, and I'm going to try to bring forth from a place of rest the words that Jesus has put upon me to offer to you. So we won't, we'll never walk by the Spirit unless we've learned to worship in the Spirit. We've talked about heaven as a, it's a holy city built around a throne of praise and worship. And the center of the holy city is the throne of praise and worship. So this revelation for worship is the epicenter of the city to come. And what starts at the throne, what begins in the spiritual what begins with maybe dancing before the Lord on a night like tonight or raising of hands or bowing down or partaking of the elements. Like these spiritual, mystical actions that we do as Christians as we learn to worship in the Spirit actually permeate and work their way into physicality. So our creativity is highly impacted by what's taking place before the throne of God. So I would just make a mention that what we're doing on a night like this, we may not have logical left brain understanding of what does all of this translate to, but I promise you it translates into the kingdom of God working its way into physicality. And you don't know how, but somehow as you break a threshold and dancing or raising your hands or whatever it is, all of a sudden there's a breakthrough in your marriage or with your children and in your world or an idea and a door opens what happens in the spirit works its way into physicality because God wants a redeemed creation. Amen? So I want to talk tonight about how learning to enter into the spirit of worship. And we did this, and now we just want to talk about it. So we're getting left brain and right brain, yeah? That's called holistic discipleship right there. Jesus knows what he's doing. Praise you, Jesus. Wow. So I want to invite us all as we are going to get into, and, and you know, there's going to be other voices up here. You know, I, I love the grace of Jesus, don't you? I think of grace like I don't do soda. I used to when I was a kid. I don't actually drink much more than water. But if I did drink soda, I like to think of the different graces of God as this manifold grace, like these different flavors of grace. And God is raising up different flavors of grace in this house. And I have a grace. Say a grace. Hopefully most of you like it. If you don't, it's okay because Jesus just adores the way that I communicate and speak. 
I'm serious. He does. He tells me. I love it. I love it. I used to get self-conscious because I cried too much. He said, I love the tears. I love the tears. But there's other graces too. And, and I feel an assignment from the Lord to really raise up and actually create a pulpit of honor where we as a congregation learn to honor not the messenger, but the message and the one that the message is coming from and the manifold grace of God. And so I'm really excited that there's going to be other graces that, that I feel the Lord's instructed me to put in this place. And some of them have been up here, AJ and Justin, but there's going to be some new voices. And I just want to instruct and exhort us as a congregation to learn to honor and love the grace of Jesus and to actually pull on the grace of Jesus, that it's not about whoever's standing as far as a human in this pulpit. This is the pulpit of Jesus. So I want to I exhort you to pull on the grace of Jesus from this pulpit, and we're going to see something grow, grow, because I can only give you this one waters, another sows, another tens, another prunes, but Jesus is the one who is growing his church. Amen. So he's going to disciple us into a greater understanding that it really is Jesus. It's not Jordan or Becca or, a or anybody else that stands here. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Amen. That was not in my notes. Sorry. But I want to encourage you, uh, as I in particularly, I'm going to really stick. We're going to talk about learning how to praise until the spirit of worship comes, and then worship until the glory comes, and then learning to stand in the glory. This is the framework for what I'm going to probably camp. I don't know how long, but at least for, at least through February. This is where I'm going to camp. And I just want to invite you as we do this to take the posture of a learner. Say learner. I'm a learner. Let's be a learner before the Lord. And learners have things to learn. Sometimes we act like in the church, we're kind of haughty about worship. We act like we're PhDs. We've got PhDs in praise and worship. And you know, you look at David dancing down Jerusalem as the king, and I'm like, I haven't done that. He's got the PhD in praise. You have Mary pouring out perfume, weeping at Jesus' feet. There's the PhD in worship. I haven't done either one of those things. I haven't spent a year's worth of money on a fragrance that I dumped at the feet of Jesus on altar, right? Like, we're not PhDs. Just say it. I'm not a PhD. Praise God. That's so exciting. That means we have things to learn in deeper places in God to go to. Come on. All right. That's it. So this, um, I, I don't have the book up here with me because I forgot it, but uh, Ruth Heflin has a book called Glory, Experiencing the Atmosphere of Heaven. Ruth Heflin, Glory, Experiencing the Atmosphere of Heaven. I told the staff they have to read it. I'm telling you the same thing. Read it. It's incredible. I'm gleaning so much from it. And this is her phrase. This is her words. And it's so simple, but it's so deep. We're going to learn how to praise until the spirit of worship comes. And then worship until the glory comes. And then stand in the glory. And what then I would add is if we will learn how to do this, to enter into the Holy Spirit, to be discipled, to become a people of praise, a people of worship, and a people who know how to stand in the glory of God, we'll be like Isaiah and we'll hear the Lord saying, and who will go for us? And who can we stand? Who can we send? And he will see you and I standing in the glory saying, here I am, send me. God wants to send us, once we enter into glory, the realm of his manifest presence, we are then being so saturated with heaven that he can send us out into the city and we'll be ambassadors. We will bring the glory of God. We will build the city of God. Amen? So we're going to go through this whole ecosystem. We're going to praise, worship, learn the realm of his glory, learn to understand the glory, and then be sent from his glory to be a missional people that are bringing the very kingdom of God everywhere we go. Come on. If half of that's true, that's better news than you made it sound. So let's talk about the spirit of praise. Say spirit of praise. So the spirit realm is greater than the natural realm. So I'm just, let's just put our spirit goggles on tonight. Right? We, we live in a backwards culture. Western culture, the natural realm, we think is first and the spirit realm is second. It's not true. God is spirit. He's looking for those who will worship him in. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. It says the Lord is that spirit. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So God is spirit. Everything is spiritual. 
Worship is spiritual. Church is spiritual. I've heard people say, you know, church is just, you know, just have a, a funny, charismatic preacher and a good worship team that can do a few songs. That's how you grow a church. Well, there's truth to that, but that's natural thinking. It's more than that. Church is spiritual. Church is around the throne of God. Church is a temple of the manifest presence. There's a spiritual reality to church. So when we're talking about praise, we're going to talk about spiritual reality of praise. And that praising God, it's more than just singing songs and cool music. There's a spiritual happening taking place. Like there is a spiritual reality we're tapping into in this place. And I, I can feel it in my bones. It's more than just a group of people in Garden City, Idaho at Vineyard Boise campus sitting in a room. It's more than that right now. Somehow, it's, we're in heaven, and heaven's in us. So praising God is a spiritual reality we're learning to enter into. Right? So the Holy Spirit's movement is fluid. Say fluid. In the scripture, we see the Holy Spirit most expressly spoken about as wind or water or a river. So think of wind, fluid. Think of a river, fluid. Water, it's fluid. The spirit realm is fluid. Spirit is like wind. Spirit is like water. I would suggest to you, your spirit is the same. You are a body, we have physicality, you're a soul, you have a mind, you have emotions, you have a decision maker, a will, but you have a spirit. And the spiritual part of you, it's, it's fluid. Say fluid. Fluid. Not stiff, fluid. We Westerners are not very versed in the spirit realm. Learning to praise in the spirit requires submitting your mind, your emotions, your thoughts, your decision maker, and your body, your actual physicality to your spirit. And your spirit's like water. It's like wind. His spirit's like water. It's like wind. That's why we see all this prophetic imagery. The Holy Spirit's like water. It's like wind. So w when I'm saying this, that we're to, to enter into the spirit, it's the submitting of my body of my emotions, of my mind, of my will. It's to submit it beneath my spirit. It, it's another way, and I put the word in there, it's a big word, is influenceability. I think of if you are being carried by a river, right? For the water to lead you, to be led by the water, by the spirit, you'd have to make yourself completely influenceable, right? If you're stiff, if you, you know, got your feet, you're not going anywhere. Right? If you're fighting the current, if you're swimming, like you, you, it's, it's, it's yielded. That's the picture of being led by the Spirit. So if we're going to praise in the Spirit, we got to enter into the Spirit. We got to become influenceable. We have to become tender, not stiff and rigid. Five of you. So I put these questions because these questions will reveal to you how influenceable you are to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and how submitted your body and your soul is to your spirit. Right? In, in worship, we're talking about worship here, praise, times of praise and worship. Are you willing to raise your hands or is there resistance? Are you willing to sing out a spontaneous song or is there resistance? Are you willing to kneel, to dance? Right? All of these are questions of influenceability. Right? If we're stiff, if we basically come with restricted limitation of what we will or will not do when it comes to an expression before the Lord, do you see how that's not spirit? Because spirit is like water. It's like wind. So the Holy Spirit's leadership is like wind, like a river. And our spirit is longing to partner with him, but it takes some of the, particularly Western culture, it's like, you know, the, like the, the half-mast, the hold the big screen. You know, it's like maybe the three-quarter. You know, we can go on and on. We, we tease about this. We're stiff as a board. The spirit's like water. 
I love the dancing that happened tonight. It's so um, right brain. It gets us out of logic. It gets us out of understanding. It, it's actually discipling us into spirit. It's movement. The spirit's moving. All right, so I put this. If we are not free before the throne of God, we won't be free in the city. We won't walk by the spirit until we've learned to worship in the spirit. And I'm not, I'm not trying to conjure that it, that it has to look like something. I'm saying, are you willing? Like, like is there a willingness that's whatever the Holy Spirit would do, I'm the sail that's going to catch that wind. Wherever the river goes, if it's kneeling, I'm going to kneel. Like, I, I'm not coming. I'm, there's no restrictions. That's influenceability, and influenceability is a language of intimacy. It says, I can move you, and you can move me. The Holy Spirit's saying, can I move you? Can I move you? Or, or is there only this repertoire? You're processing. So that's posture. That's, that's the posture of praise. Posture is important when it comes to the spirit, entering into the spirit of praise, the posture of our hearts. It's not action, it's posture. It's a willingness. All right, let's talk about a sacrifice of praise. Who's heard this before? Hebrews 13, 15 says, through him, Jesus, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Sacrifice of praise, yeah? This is going to fire me up. I'm going to start preaching, not teaching. Lord knows I'm not a teacher. That's why I don't usually do notes. I like preaching. Our understanding culturally of a sacrifice of praise has basically been boiled down to, I know you don't feel like worshiping God right now, but sing it anyway. You know what I'm talking about? I know you've had a bad week, but just sing, you're never going to let me down. Just do it. Sacrifice. That's not all wrong, but it's not biblical. And this is where I'm going to get fired up. If you have an understanding, so the writers, right, Paul is a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's writing, that's, we're reading the book of Hebrews. Most likely Paul writing to Hebrews the understanding of a sacrifice of praise was the furthest thing from just do what you don't feel like doing, man. Just worship the Lord. It's what you're supposed to do right now. This was me growing up. I didn't like worship, so I'd just stand with my arms crossed, and my mom would be like, you need to sing. Just do it. Sacrifice to the Lord. Old Testament, that's not a sacrifice of praise. Psalm 27, David said, I will make sacrifice to the Lord with shouts of joy. I will sing. I will make melody to the Lord. What's he talking about? A sacrifice of praise to a Jewish audience was the high point of Jewish culture. The high point of Jewish culture were the, fe the feast and the festivals where the whole nation would save up money so that they would go on a pilgrimage, sometimes for five, seven, ten days of walking by caravan, singing the Psalms of Ascents all the way on their way to Jerusalem, building expectation so that they could enter through the gate, the gate of the outer court and begin to give sacrifice to God so that they could come into his house. They were like planning and preparing their whole lives, their whole schedules, their whole calendar for when they could come again to Mount Zion to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. Wow. It was something of preparation. It was like anticipation. It was like Christmas. When can we bring our offering so that we can cross the threshold of that gate to the outer court and actually come into the presence of God. Now, this is where it gets a little convicting, is that the New Testament reality of God's presence is so far beyond that, that God said, you can come into the gate of your church sanctuary, walk through the lobby, and come into the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus, Sunday after Sunday. And not just that, you can come into my presence anytime you want because you enter my courts, with you, my gate with thanksgiving and my courts with praise. And when you offer yourself unto the Lord, I'm there. Do you see the anticipation though? We often think of like, okay, 
Let's get everything together. It's time for church. We're late. We're running late. Let's pile in. Let's get in. Welcome happens. It's like spiritual whiplash because it's like, wow, I feel like I'm hungover from life right now. Give me three songs so I can work the grogginess out. You know, it's like, whoo, kind of trying to come back in. There's no anticipation. There's no, there's no expectation. We've missed the sacrifice. <laughs> you can process this. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have, conviction is good. The Holy Spirit's the convictor. He's the convictor. If you're going to get your kids, you can bring them back because this is actually really short. And there may be a moment that the kids can uh, join in. We'll do a little corporate praise. I'm just saying that. God loves family. Amen. So, so I, I think God wants to restore excitement to praise. I think God wants to restore expectation to what happens when we congregate to the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. The language of praise. So through him, let us continue to offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips. Say lips. Lips that acknowledge his name. The most powerful instrument of praise is yo mouth. <laughs> Look to your neighbor next to you and say, it's yo mouth, not mine. Look to the other person, say, I'm serious. It is your mouth. It is not the drums. It is not the electric guitar. It is not the microphones. It's not all the sound system. It's not, it's the most powerful instrument of praise is the mouth of a royal priesthood. Your mouth, your mouth changes things. It changes the earth when it praises God. You sow to the heavens and the heavens sow in response to you. The fruit of the lips is language. God loves the fruit of your lips. God hears your praise especially. That's hard for us to wrap around, but it's in a whole room like this, with all the sounds and all the expressions, God's ear is especially tuned to you, to the sound that comes from you. He hears. He sees. Nobody can offer praise for you. Praise, praise comes from your, it's your own decision. It says, I yield my mind and my mouth to my spirit, and I let my mouth offer praises to the Lord. I'm going to offer this perspective, and I think some of us have this, some of us maybe not, and this is going to be somewhat, I think it'll make it really clear, is we have to see our praise leaders up here as, as pacers, not nursing mothers. All right, tell you a story. It's about the pacer, not the nursing mothers. Those ones have a high propensity of danger. You can misspeak, things go real wrong. I've done it before. I ran a marathon, um, I don't know, a long time ago. I was a freshman in college. And I ran this marathon, and I had never done it before. I was, uh, you know, you kind of have your nerves and everything. Like, everybody says, yeah, 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 it's a marathon. And as I'm running, I didn't really know. I was probably trying to go, I was trying to go for about a two hour and 15 minute pace. I'm, just, I'm, totally, I'm totally joking. For anybody that runs marathons, I just, I just had to say that. I was probably going for like a three hour, maybe about four hours was my goal, but then I'm, I'm uh, motivated. So then as I'm running, I'm like running and I start noticing there's like this pack of people up to my left. And I'm like, why is there like a herd of people? Then I kind of passed them because they were too slow. Then I get up and I see like another pack of people and I'm like, what is this like herd of people? So I finally get up and all of a sudden it was like water to my soul. I see this guy. He was this Filipino guy, super jacked, probably like 50 on the back of his shirt said, I'm running my hundredth marathon today. I'm like, wow, that's a guy to follow. And he's got a little stick in his hand. And on the top of the stick is a little piece of paper. that says three hours and 40 minutes. And I was like, my guy. I'm going to stick with you. 100 marathons, three hours and 40 minutes, no Garmin watches. I don't know if they existed back then. Um, and I'm like, all right, I'm sticking with you. I don't know if I can do it, but I'm sticking with you. For the next four hours, three hours and whatever minutes of my very painful, excruciating moments of my life, I was clinging to this man, you know, like as if he was my rabbi. Don't leave me. Don't leave me, sir. You know, and I'm just sticking with him. He, every once in a while, he'd be like, 
move your hands, move your hands. Your arms are getting, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. So I'm just following this guy. I'm following this guy. Literally never met him. Probably will never see him again at the end of the race. We just held each other in this embrace. And I said, thank you. Thank you so much. Like, thank you. It was like, and I don't know, it just came out of me because I was like, you, you made me run way, 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 way faster than I would have if it wasn't for you. You know what I'm talking about? He was my pacer. He didn't run my race for me, but he made me run my race better because he knew what he was doing. Like he'd done this before. Our praise leaders are pacers, right? And, and pacers, they're pacers to lead us where they've been before. I want to exhort all the praise leaders, and, and I mean anybody, cameras, sound, back of the house, front of house, whatever you are, artist, you can only take people where you've been. And this is the thing about my house. Anywhere in this whole valley, you could call me and tell me where you are, and I could tell you how to get my house the most efficient way. Because I have lived my life with around my house. I know how to get to my house, and I can get to my house. I don't, I don't need Google Maps to lead people to my house. You know what I'm talking about? If you, as a praise leader, live in the house of God, it doesn't matter who comes through these doors, you'll know how to lead people to your house, because it will be his house. Right? But and we won't have this anxiety of trying to figure out what to do because it's inside of us. I don't need Google Maps to lead you to my home. So we can take people. This is what a good pacer is, right? A good pacer is someone that knows what they're doing. 100 marathons. That's the kind of leader I want to be. That's the kind of shepherd I want to be. Because what I'm saying for worship is true for the sermon. I'm a pacer. I'm definitely not a nursing mother. Right, so pacers don't run a race for you. They run their race and make you run it better. Nursing moms give you milk. I watch it every day of my life now. Oh, that girl loves milk. She just give me milk. Ooh, it's like Jackie sometimes I'm like, I think we're, maybe this isn't good because Jackie will bring that warm bottle right into the crib and Literally, it's like one swoop, lifting her out of the crib and sticking the bottle into her mouth simultaneously. I'm like, this isn't good. <laughs> like, that child is going to be entitled. <laughs> Pray for us. <laughs> She's too cute. I can't say no. Pray for us. I feel like sometimes that's how we view church. It's like, as soon as I walk through these doors, I'm hungry. Feed me milk. Take me to the promised land of milk and honey, Becca and AJ and the drums. I love the drums. I've just been waiting for a good milky meal. Thank you. Just, Lord, bring me right to your chest. I mean breast. I don't, I mean chest. And feed me, Jesus. This is graphic. <laughs> and it's true. You know it, some of you. God loves the sound of your mouth. God wants to hear your praise. God wants to hear your hallelujah. Your, it's, it's, it's the priesthood. It's the priesthood, it's you, it's you and I together. I love this picture of the pacers because the, often I think we almost see it's like there's, there's the church and then this is, this is the worship. And, but I, from heaven's perspective, he looks and he sees, he sees churches. We see this in Revelation. We see in Paul's writings. They write messages to the churches. So when God, he sees us as one corporate entity. So when we worship him on a, on a corporate gathering in a temple space on Sunday night, he hears one voice. And sometimes we get frustrated. It's like the congregation's like, well, I don't, I, you know, and sometimes the, the leaders are like, why, why do we need to do more? Like, you know, and it's like this back and forth. But reality is God sees one man, one voice, one song. And the, right, the pacers of a race, 
the more the congregation is in shape and runs their race, the more the, the pacer can push the pace, yeah? And then the more the, the pacer can push the pace, the faster the congregation will run. So there's actually this beautiful thing. And, and I believe what last week was, was, was in some ways this prophetic picture of me and my Filipino pacer. Just, oh, thank you. Like that's, there's a unity between song leaders and congregation because we're doing the same race together. And this is the thing. We can pull them to places they'll never go on their own because God's grace on them to be pace setters is to set our pace. So if we're just walking 18 minute miles, stretching us might be 17 minute miles. It's not very fast. Right? I, God is getting us in shape. Right? I want to I want to I want to push the pace and God knows what he's doing. I think you see what I'm saying. We got to sing our own song. A congregation that comes to sing their own song will push their pacers to realms that they've never been. It happened tonight. I love it when AJ looks at me he's at the end and he's like I'm like, "Yes." Yes, because what happened? This is what happened tonight. The priesthood started entering in the spirit and worshiping the Lord. And it, they were like, whoa, you messed up all their plans. <laughs> and then they're like figuring out where to do. We pushed them to a place they've never been, which then they're going to sit and pray and process. And then they're going to be able to go where they haven't gone before, which is going to push us to where we haven't been. And it's just this growing ecosystem because we don't have PhDs yet. We're all learners. We're learning how to enter the throne of heaven. Yeah? Come on. I know. That is so good. All right. So I want to talk about how do we learn to sing our own song. Two practical things, and then, and then, uh, and then we'll have kind of a something. <laughs> sing your own song. Two things I want to encourage. First is to to begin to feed on praise. Often we don't know what it means. Like, what do you mean sing my own song, Jordan? What what I, I don't I don't know what to sing. I don't know what to say. I you know like they're they're in some way you know you know what I mean. Like we felt this before. Like I don't know what to do. I don't know it's silent. I'm not exactly sure how much permission do I have? So on and so forth. I want to encourage you to feed on the scriptures that talk about praise. Get the Psalms inside of you. If you need words to praise about Jesus, just borrow Solomon's for a while in Song of Songs. You are fair. So fair. You are beautiful. Like there's more language. And the more you meditate upon scripture, scripture is a living word and it will get and edify your spirit. And just as our natural bodies, right? Like Naomi's learning how to speak right now. Our spirits have to be edified and learn language as well. And this is what the scripture is feeding into us. If you feed around the scriptures, Revelation, the book of Revelation, you know, for the early church, the book of Revelation wasn't an end times book. It was the book of worship. That was primarily what they used it for, is it, is it fed their worship. Get the scriptures inside of you, you'll start finding you have words to sing. Yeah? Okay. Second thing is to what I'll call sing in the spirit. I'm talking about tongues. Ooh, if you're uncomfortable, it's okay. I'm going to talk about tongues and other things. So Paul, in 1 Corinthians 14, he's giving a teaching on tongues primarily, tongues and prophecy. He says, what am I to do? I'll pray with my spirit, but I'll pray with my mind also. I'll sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. I want you to notice Paul's order. Spiritual, natural. Spirit, mind, understanding. Spiritual expression, understanding. The understanding catches up with the spirit. Like what we did tonight in this room, your understanding will probably have to catch up to it. There's been times where I've had experiences in the Lord that six months later, my mind all of a sudden goes, oh, that's what happened. Your mind doesn't need to understand. It's spirit to spirit with God. The mind will catch up. Our minds are brilliant. It's made to process spiritual things, but it takes time, right? So the context of this verse, Paul's talking about tongues. And, but, but the principle, right? So he's talking about the gift of tongues. The principle that he's laying down in this teaching is that spiritual expression supersedes comprehension. 
So that there's times where we actually have to express ourselves in ways that our mind will catch up later in comprehension. So we will express in the spirit and then we'll express with the mind. But there's times that the way we train ourselves is spirit first, then mind. Okay, the gift of tongues, it is for you and God. It's your language to God. It's not for your neighbor. Look to your neighbor and say, it's not for you. Look to your kid and say, it's not for you either. It's, it's for God. It says, he who speaks in tongues speaks mysteries to, to God. So what are you doing when you speak in tongues? You know, you bought a Honda, should have bought a Chevy, right? Bought a Honda, should have bought a Chevy. Who bought a Honda? You should have bought a Chevy, right? It's okay to laugh. You say these things, your spirit is speaking to God. Your mind doesn't know what's happening. It's unfruitful. But your spirit is speaking to God. Paul's saying, if you want to learn how to praise, start to sing in your spirit to God. Then your mind will start catching up. This is what's amazing about the gift of tongues. And I imagine some of you don't have the gift of tongues. There's no shame in that. Desire it. Paul says desire it, but he also says not all have the gift of tongues. So you have the Holy Spirit. Let's just debunk that myth. We can't put God in a box. We don't understand his ways. But the gift of tongues, desire it. If you don't have it, desire it. Be willing. I want it. As long as you want it, I feel good about your posture before the Lord. Because I want every gift that he wants to give. I want them all of them, personally. I want all of them. I want all of them, Lord. Every last one. But when I'm speaking in tongues, when I'm singing in tongues, it's not emotional. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people in here. It's not emotional. I don't necessarily feel anything. It's, it's not like I, I just decide to do it. I decide to speak. And it's, it's edifying my spirit in communication that then all of a sudden your mind, boom, catches up and you sing a new song to the Lord. So this is the principle Paul's talking about. What I want to expand around here and just go with me a little bit is that when we talk about music or the arts or the dance, the same principle applies. That these are opportunities where we can express ourselves in ways that supersede comprehension. Right? Like art. Who's gone to Europe to look at the art? Can you put into words why? Can you describe what art does or dance or, or musicality through instrumentation? No, it's hard. Or poetry. The arts, this is the right brain expression. I love that our kids are here. You know why? Because our kids, you guys have something to give to us because you're all right brainers. You haven't learned to get bogged down in logic yet. You're still creative. You still dream. You still express yourself. I love the kids that come up here and they dance and you walk up in the middle of church and you don't care. You guys are beautiful. They, they don't know better. Literally, your kids, they can walk around. It's okay if it's distracting because this is, it's, we're, we're tapping into something bigger here, right? When I express myself, when we express ourselves in dance, we are, quote unquote, praying in tongues. Now, maybe not explicitly, but we are, are letting our spirits express in a way that our minds can't understand. When, when we're doing creativity or art or singing or whatever it is, we're getting out of left brain logic, understanding, ration, efficiency. Duh, 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 duh. You know, if God was just left brain, there'd be no flowers. There wouldn't be. There wouldn't, there's so many things in life that are just simple pleasures. Like he wouldn't have made oceans and sunsets and the mountains and the beauty of creation. If God was a left brain, efficiency, productivity driven God, we'd all live in a cubicle. God's like beauty, love, intimacy, the arts. And the Lord wants it in, like that's worship. So I just want to encourage that if you feel stuck in left brain, bring a pencil to church and draw. I'm, I'm serious. Start wiggling those toes and worship. I, I, I'm, I'm like, let yourself express. Like, let's learn freedom again. It's, it's not so serious. We don't have to understand. The, the principle, the principle, don't get hung up on your theology around whatever your, the gift of tongues is. 
I love it. It's beautiful. Seek it. Contend for it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because it's not supposed to. It says that the things of the spirit are foolishness to the natural mind. So is worshiping for an hour and a half. What does that produce? I don't know. But you walk in intimacy with God. And intimacy produces more than human striving could ever do. And if you don't believe that, look at all the children walking around. It wasn't a time of high productivity and efficiency that created those little ones. It was a right brain experience that was like, woo! So this is going to be one of those sermons everybody talks about for five or ten years. That's what happens when you sing a song and dance that says, I'll be more undignified than this. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. All right. Lastly, this is a quote. And then I'm just going to, I actually think we could have a multi-generational praise little session here for a few minutes. And I love that the kids are here. Is This is from Ruth's book, the book I mentioned. And this is her talking about when God started speaking to them as a church. They had prayer sets. She talks about them. They had church service. And he started encouraging them to sing a new song. And listen to this. It says, the Lord kept telling us to sing a new song. We weren't sure if he meant sing with a different beat, sing a different melody, sing a different style. We didn't know what he meant. None of us were particularly talented musically. One day as we were praising, we began to sing a little song we'd never heard. Never learned, never been taught, never memorized. We just sang out of our spirits spontaneously. There is more in our spirits with which to bless God and the nations than we'll ever be able to use if we'll release it in God. He's saying, pour it out, pour it out. Lord, I'll pour it out if I have something to pour, we say. It's already there. But because your faith isn't working in this area, you're not releasing it. When God is leading us into something new, we're unsure of ourselves and go slowly. We put our toe in and then bring it back out and then put it in again to test the water. God blessed us when we sang spontaneously. At first, we only did it in our prayer meetings in Bethlehem. When we were in the church on Mount Zion, we conducted service as usual. The Lord said to us, can't you trust me? If you can sing spontaneously in the prayer meeting, why can't you sing spontaneously on Mount Zion? But Lord, I said, people come 10,000 miles to be in one service. We don't want to make mistakes in front of them. What if it doesn't work? Personally, I like an occasional stutter or stammer in a service. When we're too polished, it may be because we've done it that way too many times. We're doing it by rote and it lacks freshness. The stammer indicates that people are moving into new territory, reaching into revelation by the Spirit. Come on. That's cool. So I just want to invite you to continue that we're going to just keep journeying into stammers. And we're going to keep risking. And we're going to learn how to enter into the spirit of praise until the spirit of worship starts coming. Amen? All right. This is what I want to do. If, 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 there's, if there's elementary school kids, I want you to come up front. And we're, just going to, we're, going to, I'm, we're not going to praise with the band. I just want us to have... A little time of praise as a family a cappella, okay? So if, you, if you're like one of our elementary school kids, and I want to invite youth group, I want you to come up too. We're going to let the mouth of infants and nursing babes, he's prepared praise, amen? And then, uh, and then young adults, you can come up here too. We're going to get all the youngins. You guys are our worship leaders right now. Are you excited? All right, this is, this is, this is what I want us to do. I am completely venturing into the stammer zone right now, just so you know. We've got hundreds of kids everywhere and no idea what's going to happen. Isn't this exciting? All right. I want us to just clap. And I'm going to ask the band. I want them to come up on the stage. And they're going to join us. But I told them before service. I said, we're going to do this like praise thing that I've never done before. And I don't want you to do anything until we've cultivated praise ourselves. Amen. All right, so this is where we're going to start. I want us to just, uh, like, uh, let's just start a clap, like on this. All the church. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. 
praise him above ye heavenly host praise father son and holy ghost sing with me guys praise god from whom all blessings flow if you want to dance just start dancing we're not waiting for the team here below praise him above ye heavenly host praise father son and holy ghost come on we're not waiting we're gonna cultivate praise god from whom all blessings flow pour it out praise him all creatures here below praise him above me for the worship team. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Let's just just keep singing. If your kids are here, I just let's families get together. Does families maybe hold hands? If you see your parents, go grab the hands of your parents. All the kids, if you see your parents, I want you to just go to your mom and dad, and we're gonna sing as a family. Hey, you can do this in your own living room. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, now just, just, just sing our own song to the Lord. And if you're with your kids or your family, just, just express yourself. Just express yourself to Jesus and it's okay to look a little silly.
for a spirit of praise to rest upon our families. God, we ask that praise will come upon us in such measure that it will break out in our living rooms, in our family devotions. Lord, from the very youngest to the oldest in this church family, we just say, let a spirit of praise rest upon us. Lord, we want to bless your name forever. We will bless and praise your name forever, forever and ever, forever and ever to the ends of the ages. Yeah, just, just pour it out. Just pour it out. I'm going to join you. I'm going to come down and let's just, let's pour it out. Let's just pour it out. Let's just pour it out. Just pour it out. 